This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Running Together, the show that puts the conversation into jog and chat. As most experts point out, running should be done mostly easy, mostly at conversational pace. However, we often run to train for some event and not just see running for purely health benefits, psychological or physical. We often run in preparation for some goal, some event, even a race. Many hundreds of thousands of Kiwis line up each year for running events. We are often a little nervous on the start line. Have we trained enough or performed the right training? What about hydration, shoes, food, sun protection, enough clothing, too much clothing, our race tactics? Even getting to the start line with enough time, but not too much, can be stressful. While all of this is keeping our minds and butterflies in the stomach busy, spare a thought for the event organisers. The simple fact is that most events would not happen if someone or someones didn't organise them with all that entails. Imagine a world where no races or event existed. That is not a world that my guest today ever wants to exist. She and her team are passionate about making those opportunities for runners and walkers available, easily accessible, enjoyable and safe. Kerry Urin, welcome to Running Together. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real honour to be asked. My pleasure. And it's been a while, hasn't it? it We've has. finally managed to organise ourselves so we can actually <laughs> get together. So that's fantastic. Let's dive in first to talk about the running event that is keeping you super busy at the moment, the Mount Oxford Odyssey. Well, it's on the 15th of April, so it's only a few weeks away. And it all started actually when I used to do a lot of trail running and I was doing Loop the Lake and Nelson, one of Nelson events, great races. And I had just had my second kid, I think it was. And um, I know it was my third. And I w- had trained and I was really fit and I was running around the lake and I was wearing some trail shoes, as I now realise, with a bit more experience that didn't have great tread. And it filled they filled up with forest litter. And I stepped on a big, long tree root and I slipped and snapped my tailbone. And so it was very painful. And then it was in those moments when I tried to keep running and I ended up with a boat ride across the lake, which was very painful. And thinking, what am I going to do now? Because I could tell I'd had a terrible injury and knew something bad had happened. And then I went and had an x-ray and it had snapped four millimetres and it was pretty painful. And as it turned out, I was only told not to run for two weeks. But in those two weeks, I decided, well, what am I going to do with myself? And I loved, I was a primary school teacher and loved organising things. So I thought, well, what's in Canterbury? And at the time, back in 2013, uh, there weren't a lot of trail races. And so it was a perfect opportunity to 
see what we could come up with. I had a friend, Emily, who she doesn't help me with the events and the organising anymore, but she still comes and MCs at the event. And her and I were like, well, where can we go and what races? So I rang Doc and spoke to a lovely man in Rangura. And he said, well, Mount Oxford's a great track. And we'd obviously been up there before and thought that'd be great. And then that's actually how it started, thanks to Department of Conservation and yeah, a bit of passion at our end. And then, yeah. So it used to just be one loop around the mountain and it was a half marathon. And then it was after a couple of years, it was sort of, I thought there must be something else we can do up here. And so then it gradually grew and now we have the four distances and yeah. Okay. So it started off at a shorter distance, but now we're looking at a full marathon and not just a normal marathon because you go up and down and up and down. We do. Up and down. You can thank Grant Guys <laughs> for this course. He, um, I was talking to him about a marathon course and he actually designed, it was his concept because he used to run the marathon courses training for Kepler and he said it used to take him longer than the 60k Kepler. So we knew. Oh we, my goodness. Yeah, we knew it was a big one. And then as, you know, we analysed the data and looked at all the other races and then talking to competitors and it has got the most elevation over 42 kilometres in any other race in the country. And Scotty Hawker has been on a podcast saying that he reckons it's the hardest in the world. So we Go, need, Scotty. Yeah. Jamie's son. Yes. Woohoo. Yes. So <laughs> Jamie he, Hawker. Yeah, he ran it last year. He said he wants to come back and try and beat his time, but he's actually in Croatia this year for a race. So we'll have to get, see if we can get him back next year. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, Actually, we're recording this a couple of weeks out, so yep. it will actually be, when people hear this, it will actually be tomorrow. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so in reality, I'll be stressed and, you know. You'll be yes. yeah, looking forward to your future self. <laughs> yes. You'll be stressed out. Yes. And that's the life of an, uh, of an event organiser, isn't it? Is. It is, yes, <laughs> yes. I did hear, I was talking to someone, a photographer, we've got a great photography company, Marathon Photos, coming to all our races this year. And he reckons that event organising is one of the most stressful jobs in the world. So I thought, oh, well, I'll take that. It feels like it at times. Now, this is in comparison with being a mum of three children. So that (laughs) (laughs) says a lot. (laughs) Well, my family know on race week that I pretty much don't parent. So my mum and dad come down from Nelson. My mum sort of steps in, takes over. My husband, he's trying to do everything. And and I'm literally sitting either at a computer or I'm not around. The kids feed themselves. And, you know, I'm still doing dinners. And, yeah, one of my kids is celiac, so I'm usually baking and amongst, you know, answering emails. But it's fun. Making it's fun. sure they eat the right thing. Yes. Mm. And that's, of course, important when it comes to you know, the participants, it the, is. those in the race. It's yes. making, definitely when you're looking at something essentially in the mountains, that you've got to make sure that people have the right gear, that yes. people have the right nutrition and hydration and so on. Yep. Yes, you can have you know, aid stations, hydration stations and so on and so forth, but yeah. You know, yeah, you know, people have to be prepared, don't they? They do, and they have to take responsibility for yeah. themselves, which everyone does. I mean, we're always there. If someone isn't sure, we have a really good team to answer questions. So our course and safety manager is part of a search and rescue team, the Oxford search and rescue team, and she spent her life in the mountains. She's great value, talk about the gear, and if we're not sure about something, we'll pass it on to someone who does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we do have a, a mix 
of people at Mount Oxford, which I really like. We have some people that have never done anything like it before. And it's always special at the end when someone comes up to you and says, you know, I've never done anything like this before and it was amazing. And yeah, it, it's pretty neat. And on the start line when I'm doing the race briefing and I'm always conscious you have some of the really professional runners and they're sort of looking like, come on, like, you know, I've heard this a million times, like I know what I'm doing and they're fiddling with their watches and looking a little bit impatient, which is fair enough. But then you scan around and you see someone who's looking and they're listening to every single thing you're saying and you go, I'm talking to you. You need to hear this because you don't know what to do if you come across someone who's injured or if something happens. So, Mm. you know, it's trying to balance everyone who's on the start line and – it's a fine line. You try and get. I'm sure there's people that get in, get annoyed with the briefings, but they're there for a reason. It's to keep everyone Absolutely. safe. So, yeah. Absolutely. As participants or competitors, we take events largely for granted. We need to train, prepare ourselves, register, pay our money, follow the instructions mm-hmm. on the website and the course marshals and your own as far as the briefing. Can you take me back to the first running event you ever organised and what work you needed to do, especially some of those unexpected things? Oh, gosh. The first one we did was Mount Oxford. and oh, there we go. Yeah, and, but mm-hmm. we only had 100 people. So, yeah. And at the time, that was huge. And to be honest, probably a good thing that we only had that many people. But things like our timekeeping, we just had a couple of our – like. Emily and my mum sitting there with stopwatches and being terrified that someone was going to bump one. You know, that we had a couple, was one as a backup and things like that. But, you know, that's the benefit of technology now when you have proper timekeeping and things because it just adds to the safety of the race. We had one time we weren't sure we'd got the, the number back and then and then we noticed there was a car in the car park and so we're like, oh, someone got lost, you know, and and you know, as it turned out, they were just some grandparents who were taking their grandchild for a stroll up the forest. Oh so, my you know, but it's things like that you learn from and you go, okay, my rule of thumb is there's no chance of luck. You can't have any luck when there's an event and there's something happening. So I think that's what I've learned over the years that when you're organising something, you have to think of every single scenario and the amount of hours you spend for something that never happens or may never happen. That's probably my biggest learnings is just trying to, I think back to the things that we probably not got away with, but just hadn't thought of back in the day. But yeah, yeah, it's changed a lot. I suppose I'm thinking about some of the ones that I've had a very small amount of involvement in, and that's to do with traffic management. Oh, yes. So you're on the road and so on. So there's obviously all the stresses for that. Yours, you don't need to worry about traffic management. No. You have to worry about <laughs> storms coming yes. through and rivers flooding, for yes. goodness sake, and all those sorts yep. of things out in the sort of mountains. Yes. And alternate courses. And then what will the martial instructions be for those people if, mm. if the last minute we've changed the course? And what if we can't get marshals into that marshal point? So where are we going to take the runners? And then we've got to make sure we've measured everything correctly so that we know if we're doing plan B, we can tell the runners, look, it's going to be two kilometres shorter rather than making something longer. And yeah, and just always trying to think about it from the participants' point of view, if we know what's going on. But actually, when you're on the start line, you are more likely to want to know what's also happening. And yeah, because yeah, you know that people have a plan. So if you're changing the plan, that's going to change someone's you know mental state and mm. can affect their whole experience. So exactly. yeah. 
And you're also looking at, I mean, it's relatively easy, for example, if you're doing the Christchurch Marathon, you can just talk to people on a cell phone. Yes. easy. But out in the foothills, there's almost certainly no cell phone coverage. No. (laughs) So it's how do you contact those marshals, you know, if there is a change. Yes, definitely. And also we need our emergency contacts for our marshals as well. So, you know, there's so much you have to think about. And, Mm. yeah, it's it's been great having our course and save Sheena who's part of the Oxford Search and Rescue team because she's brought a whole other level into our safety. Our safety management plan is much improved with having, it's just having that experience, that mountain safety. That, mm. Yeah, it's fantastic. There is clearly so much in making an event happen. We're <laughs> just starting to scratch the surface, <laughs> aren't we? Do you actually get any time for running yourself? Well, I am actually starting back running at the moment. Oh, so. Yes, it's great. My running coach, Joe Knight, who um, has moved to Wanaka. So here and I have just started up a wee plan, which I'm not going to tell my little goal <laughs> to the world, but I've got a little goal in mind. And, and yeah, it's great because I used to run a lot, you know, when the kids were young and I used to get up at six and I'd be out, you know, six. To, I was obsessed, but that's what running does, doesn't it? <laughs> you have, you know. It becomes the habit. It does. So I'm really excited about it. There's so much to running. That it's not actually so much about the run it's actually getting out the door to do the run and it's all what it does to your mind and that focus and discipline that's really what it is I was talking to a friend yesterday and he was saying it's almost like meditation oh yeah he finds that particularly the longer runs is that he can almost lose himself in the forest scene particularly forest and that he feels very relaxed and he feels almost Mentally refreshed. Physically, yeah. he's drained, but mentally, he's refreshed, which is kind of weird, really. It isn't is it? weird because yeah. a lot of my running was always done first thing in the morning, and because the kids were younger and couldn't go too far. But sometimes you'd be like, "Oh, do, have I run down?" You know, you'd completely forgotten where you've just run because you're so you'd be trying to solve something in your mind, and you just yeah. off you've gone, and yeah, that's great. I always loved running. On my own, but I'd always, about once a month, a friend, I'd always grab a friend and we'd go up and do that Ride Falls Loop up at Mount Oxford and mm-hmm. just do that in the morning. And there's nothing better than having a really good chat and a laugh about stuff while you're out in the Conversational forest. Conversational pace. Yeah. Conversational yeah, it's great. Pace. Yep. For you, Kerry, what does success look or feel like? Well, definitely at Tikapo last year, it was when the ultra marathon set off at six o'clock I did go and have a quiet little tear when I watched them running because I mean it was just stunning it was minus three degrees it was frost and there was this mist coming out over the lake and the bagpipes and Mm. I just remember thinking this has taken about 18 months because we'd had to cancel the year before from COVID and so for me Tikapo that was my moment when I thought oh we've done it and and I knew you know there was still a long day ahead but it was just that moment we'd actually set them off and we were away but normally it's often that night when I jump into bed at the end of the race and especially for Oxford because we've sort of been up we kind of have to build a race village at Oxford there's we're sort of really out in the elements so when you've come back inside and you know you've had your shower and you're just like oh wow what a day and for me the success is thinking about you know, obviously from my point of view, all the little things that we've managed to achieve. But I just think I love talking to people and hearing their story. So I know at Mount Oxford last year that we had the Speed Freaks, and I know you've had Anna and Jamie Anna, yeah. on here. And there was a story about 
one of their runners who had, it was that day they'd reconnected with their daughter and she came up and watched her dad do the run and it, it was quite emotional and I just, the other things that you think about later and you think, wow, that's really cool. And same at Tikapai had a dad, his daughter was there and, and I could tell all morning and we had a lot going on but I just knew there was a wee bit going on with them so I sort of took a wee bit more time and yeah. and she was like, oh, I'd like to do the 5K and the dad, he was off to do the 32 and I could see he was like, really ready to go but he had to sort his daughter out and Mm. in the end I said look finish your run and then the 5k didn't start till later so I said you'll be finished and then just see because your daughter would have seen people running and she'll either want to do it or she won't and they came in she was like she was going to do it and he came and saw me later and she'd had an amazing time and I think wow you know that's for me that's success to think that someone has done something new today or they've achieved something so all of my achievements really are actually about what everyone else has achieved. Mm. I find that more, yeah, more important to me. Yeah. And they're always first times, yes. even for the people who are really experienced, yes. even for the people who have done it, if you like, a dozen times, because they're essentially annual events. Yes. It's not like it was last week. No. The situation is always different. The conditions yeah. are always different. So well, they might have a niggle, like an injury that they exactly. thought, I don't know whether I'll be able to finish kind That's of thing. Right. Yeah, Exactly. So the situation that they yes. find themselves in is unique, yes. uh, even if they're very experienced runners. Yeah. So it's awesome that when you finish it and you go, well, that was yeah. a real achievement. Yes. Even for, as you said, for her, that would have been a real achievement. I know. And a challenge yes. to, you know, to, if you like, front up. Yes. And, and um, you do see a lot of quite... It's a word, guttural emotion at the finish. There's a lot of sobbing. You know, it's actually, you just have to give people a moment. And I probably don't see even as much as, because I'm quite often racing around doing other things, but sometimes you see things, you think, oh, there's a lot been going on for that person. And it's private, you know, they've had something they've really overcome to be yeah. to have got there. Yeah, some yeah. grief, I would imagine. Yes, well. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm finally, I've done. I've done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the suffering ends. Yes. <laughs> so, what's your motivation and what are the key values you adhere to you know, that guide you through this? Okay, so the motivation really probably stems right back from when I had that injury and I just thought, what am I going to do? I want to put on runs for other people because I felt like I was never going to run again, which of course wasn't the case. And at the time, there weren't many events around. Now there's just so many. So for me, it's trying to make my events stand out from the others. Our events are really friendly. I hope people come and they think, gosh, they had a warm, fuzzy feeling about it because I want people to feel like they're really welcome. I want everyone to feel like they're welcome. doesn't matter what shape or size you are. You know, I just want everyone who stands on the start line to feel like they belong. It's probably really important because running is for everybody. And every single person that started there, you appreciate how much effort and also how much confidence I've had to get to get there because it is quite off-putting. You see these runners, they've got all the gear on and we had one farmer once turned up and he had his Northwest socks and rugby shorts and a rugby jersey and <laughs> he did a fantastic time and you'd go, it doesn't matter. Like, you can do whatever. So that probably motivates me the most is putting something on so that everyone feels like they belong and also to create something that people can work towards because... Like we all know how hard life is. Like, so you have your promotional video. I want people to watch it and go, I could do that. 
you know, and you might not be there now, but it gives them something to aim for and to think about their, might be their kids are going to be watching them finish or their parents watching them finish and it might just drive them and keep them going when it's raining or they don't feel that great and they just keep going. I mean, really, for me financially, I should be back teaching. (laughs) I always think my husband's so patient with me because I just love doing it. And so for me, it's not the money. I mean, if I worked out what I got paid now, it'd be about $2. I mean, it's really not, it's not the money. And my values, you know, without sounding like Jacinda Ardern, because we're not getting into politics, but I think that kindness thing, and I don't want it to sound all fluffy and, and that, but Really, it doesn't take much to be kind. And I think when, you know, when you're creating something, you want everyone who's working on the event, you want them all to have the same mentality that everyone's struggling, everyone wants to come here and have a good time. So let's make it fun. And we're not all serious. And, you know, yes, we have people who want to beat their time and get the record. And I mean, last year at Oxford, we had three amazing runners in the marathon. Male finish was very tight. And that was so exciting. Yeah, I think that's the main value is to do a really good job, make it safe, but make it fun. And we want it to be very well organised too. We want everyone to feel like it just all flowed. You know, they turn up, they register, they turn up on the morning and it's just go, go, go. And they don't sort of sit there and think we're all flustered. And so, yeah. And your joy in controlling will help with that. I know. Well, exactly. <laughs> and also it means that I'm not controlling the family so much. <laughs> They're all probably very grateful. <laughs> the events you organise are mostly trail running experiences. What is it about trail running or walking that attracts you and what are some of the unique challenges and opportunities that trail running brings, especially from an organising perspective? I love the fact that trail running is not so much about time. And i never forget, it was 2017 at Mount Oxford and I had this young girl, I mean, she would have only been 17, 16 or 17, and she was quite a good runner. And she came up to me and she said, oh, Kerry, she said, I've always been a road runner. And she said, this is my first trail run and I finished and everyone's come up to me and asked me if I've had fun. She said, not one person asked her her time. And she just thought that was the best thing out because she realised there was no pressure. You know, um, one of our ambassadors that sort of helped promote my race is Alice. She has a, a tagline of it's passion, not pace. And I just think it's great. You can walk. You don't have to run in a trail run. And I think that's that's one of the things I love about it is just you just got to keep moving. And you can run and you can walk. It doesn't really matter. From an organising point of view, I'd l- I like the challenge – it's a lot more fun to organise because, you know, even when you're mapping it out, you know, the the time you spend on the computer with your, you know, you're around all the trails, you can't just do a start and an end point and the, there's no app that I've found that just follows the track. You have to kind of yeah. click every little curve. I think I like the fact that our marshals, you know, the people you get helping at a trail run are usually quite intrepid and pretty keen to get out in the bush. We have people always asking us. We're never short of marshals at Oxford. You know, they're in it, all the elements. They have to get up really early and tramp in and the whole experience is is an experience. Mm. Yeah, which I like. It's not just standing on the side of the road with your table and cowbells. It's You've got to get in. Like, we've got some marshals this year. They've, she's been um, telling me, you know, oh, we've already sorted our costumes and they're going to tramp in, you know, and <laughs> get themselves oh, wow. set up. I think that's what I like about it. You attract the same kind of people as the people who are out Mm-hmm. enjoying the nature 
Yeah. They can definitely connect. Yes. Yeah. What do you think attracts people to trail running in places like Tekapo or Mount Oxford? I think Tekapo, we've always marketed it as a destination race. I say, come for the run, stay for the fun, because there's so much you can do in Tekapo. And even if it's literally just looking at your window from your accommodation, mm. it's, it's an incredible place. They also may not have ever run in Tekapo as well. Mm. The trails there are just beautiful. And Sordon Station, uh, which the ultra marathon go on, people came back, they were just blown away by that experience. It was dawn. They said it was like being on the moon, you know, and they might, if they were on holiday, they might not have gone and done that, you mm. know. So I think Tekapo probably speaks for itself. I think Oxford, even though you can go and do Oxford any day, I think in the race, you know you have support. And I mean, with the last two years, the weather has been quite challenging up on the summit. And I think most people would not have gone up the mountain and just in the everyday training. Yeah. But because we have the search and rescue team dotted around the course, I think it gives people confidence that they mm. can go even if the weather's not great. And, I mean, that's an experience in itself. And we'd never send anyone up if it was unsafe. So they kind of know that if we've given the go-ahead that, you know, we're all set and you're going to be fine. And mm -hmm. it might be windy or it might be cold, but you have the gear. And it, it is that challenge that they wouldn't necessarily get if they'd just entered a road run. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So was running and hiking a big part of your early years or is it something that's come into your life more recently? Definitely as I was an adult. Mm -hmm. My kids and my husband and I took, we had to put some signs up along the Wharfdale a couple of weekends ago just to ask people to leave the course markings. And we passed two couples that were mountain biking through and after they'd gone through, because we would step to the side and I said to the kids, you know, when you're at university and you make your friends, try and get into this kind of stuff. Because I said, this is so much fun. And, you know, look at them this weekend. They're not going to parties. They're going up to that hut to sleep the night and have a really cool time. So I'm trying to encourage the kids yeah. to do more of that. I was one of four. I lived in Nelson and I was into horses. So I was doing eventing and things growing up. So, but yeah, my parents have, they've never stopped us from doing anything. And we've always been out exploring, but probably... The running and the hiking is more my thing as an adult, yeah. Yeah. But I wish, I wish I'd got into it when I was at university, you know, because okay. I, I think I would have met a lot of similar people, mm. yeah. So, Kerry, thank you very much for sharing all of that. We're now on to the quick fire round where oh. I give you some options and you choose what you prefer. Okay. So we're up with minimalist shoes or big, comfy sole oh, shoes? definitely the comfy shoes. Definitely comfy yeah. shoes. <laughs> Uphill or downhill? Uphill. Slow and long, fast and long, or fast and short? Slow and long. Slow and long. Yeah, that's, right. that's me running. <laughs> I can go a long time, but that's, I'm never fast. Great. Morning or afternoon? Morning. At the end of a run... You need hydration, especially on a long yeah. run. So these are your choices. Some sort of electrolyte like Powerade or Gatorade, beer, chocolate milk, water or juice. It used to always be chocolate milk, but now that I've found Tailwind, 
shout out to the sponsor. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's a type of electrolyte. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Ooh. That just takes away any headaches. It's amazing. So shout out to shout Tailwind. Shout out to Tailwind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Warming up or cooling down? You probably don't really need that too much in, in trial no, running. No, because you kind anyway, of warm up when you're – so you pro- just, I'll say cooling down. Okay. Yeah, because you kind of warm up when you start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's a thing, and this might be an option. I'm, I'm not that I'm giving you any suggestions here, <laughs> but relays or individual runs. I always like the individual runs, mm-hmm. but Lou or Louisa, who works with me, she loves a relay. She's always got great ideas for relays. I was going to say, so, there'll, yeah. be, there'll be relay options. There, yeah, relay. maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's a choice in the future. And finally, a runner or a coach you greatly admire. Oh, there's so many. You can choose a couple then. I mean, honestly, it'd be people close to me, not necessarily anyone famous. That's fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Lou, who works with me, my running coach, Joe, Sheena, who we, I just love stories of everyday people because every, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's our show for today. Many thanks to you, Kerry, for kindly taking an extended lunch break for you <laughs> and coming and sharing what's coming up for you, what you've been involved in up till now, and maybe in the future you'll come along and share what that goal was yes, in your future. Yes, that would be great. So, that would be great. That's a wee goal. That's another <laughs> adds on to my goal <laughs> and say that I've done it. Yes. So thank you very much, Kerry. Yes, thanks very much for having me.